Hi, welcome to Then Comes Marriage with John Isidore and Nicole Isidore what? and Nicole's soon to be Isidore. <laughs> you guys, I'm just very excited. I get to marry this real amazing man. But spoiler alert, they don't know I'm amazing yet. Well, they're gonna find out real quick. Oh, I hope they agree with you. Well, over the next couple of weeks, you will be with us as we journey through premarital counseling and our first couple of months as newlyweds. Uh, we're here just alongside with you trying to figure things out. Oh, you know, especially when it comes to social media and Facebook, you see other people and their engagement and it's just rainbows and flowers and sunshine. But there's a lot of real components that go into it that a lot of times just aren't shown or discussed. Uh, whether you're talking about finances or family planning or really whatever that looks like. And so we're here to tell it how it is and show, uh, you know, show our journey as we go along the process. So as we go um, through our premarital counseling, uh, we'll more or less just be talking about what we've done that we, I suppose, and our thoughts on it, any interesting things that we want to really dig into and share with you guys. Some stuff we will not share with you because it's personal. <laughs> our private lives are very private, even though we are displaying it out here for you. Right, just because we're on the internet doesn't mean we want you to come into our houses. Just because we're on the Googles doesn't mean you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway. Yeah, so we're going to be going through our premarital counseling, and we'll be sharing some of that with you. Um, just whatever we did that week, what we talked about, what we thought was interesting, um, some of our own... I guess, independent premarital counseling and studies, things like that. Um, and that's that's what we're here to do for some reason. We're but, here to lay it out and be honest. As John just said, every single week that we have premarital counseling, we have a workbook that we're going through that has homework. And you all have the pleasure to listening to us. Go ahead and work through it live uh, with you so you're going to be able to hear the ins and the outs of our inner thoughts and our perspectives and really just what those real-life conversations look like. Or as real as it is after we're done editing it. How about that? I mean, we all got to... We, we know we got to appease our mothers. So. Is that a whole episode, appeasing our mothers? I think and mothers in laws. Oh my gosh, you guys, momzillas are a thing. Anyway, that's a spoiler. <laughs> but this is our first episode. So right now we haven't done any official premarital counseling. We haven't done um, the one we're doing with our church um, yet. So we're just going to kind of give you, I guess, a little bit about us and kind of what we're expecting or thinking or. I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say predictions, but just what's coming as far as we're aware. Um, yeah, so I think a good place to start is who we are. I think we said our names, but in case we didn't, this this girl over here is Nicole, soon to be Isidore. Tell us about yourself. Or tell them, because I know who you are. So, as we have stated several times, I'm Nicole. I work with kids who have been abused and neglected and abandoned through the art of storytelling. Uh, so my job is really great because I see the absolute 
highs of humanity. I get to be with our kids as they experience their adoption ceremonies and those milestones in life that we don't think much of. But when you don't have parents, you know, they're, they're a really big deal. Um, but I also see the lows of humanity because obviously child abuse is a really difficult topic. So while my job is so absolutely rewarding, it's also emotionally exhausting. And so balancing that and life and relationships can sometimes be a little bit difficult, but you know, it's been, it's been five years of this and all I can say is that it's been worth it. You get to advocate for kids who need it most and I really couldn't ask for anything more. She also does interviews on TV and radio, so you might get some of that. Just just heads up. Um, I've been told I'm not really good at telling people what my job is, so I'm going to let you do that one too. <laughs> so John is absolutely incredible and also one of the most humble people that you will ever meet. Uh, he oversees the therapy department for a school with children that have special needs, um, and he specializes as a speech and language pathologist, which I didn't know. And spoiler alert, does not just mean that he is a speech therapist, but also with really cool things. Like he teaches kids how to swallow if they're, you know, having difficulties with that or how to use their tongue and how to eat, how to understand spatial and abstract concepts and so many things that I never even thought about just because they seem so natural. And so that is what John does for a living. Thank you. Yeah, I would have probably said I'm a speech language pathologist. That's what it would have been. So I told you, thanks. humility. Humility is one of your things, kid. No, it's just accurate. And concise. <laughs> but um, what else is important for you to know about us? Well, we're Christians. How? Yeah, that's First a and thing. foremost, uh, we actually met through a Bible study small group that was happening at John's house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And then Cinco de Mayo happened, and now we're a couple. Yeah, I, well, we had Bible study, and then during that Bible study, we talked about me throwing a Cinco de Mayo party, and I invited this girl, and and that that's what happened. It worked out. Well, it seems like it's working out, I guess. We're not done with the podcast. Maybe it'll be a, a twist at the end. So, John, were you planning on having a Cinco de Mayo party before I showed up for a small group that night? I'm very community-minded. I'm really interested <laughs> yeah, in, right. in building. What do you mean? Well, okay, right? well, that part's true, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I was really interested in making uh, all the, the people in our small group be more connected and helping us to really do the work of living life mm-hmm. together. And living life is sometimes work and sometimes it's fun having a party. And so, in one of my many efforts to draw us all closer, I uh, had a party. This would just happen to have a person, a new person, which was you. And uh, How many birds can I kill with one stone? That's what it is. So, was it overall goal to have a party for a community, or was it to have me at your house for a party? You were already at my house for Bible study. You've been at my house. I've been there one time. There it goes. You That's my there. first time there. Anyway, this is not what we're here for right now, I don't think. <laughs> um, but if you wanted to hear it, yes, I threw a party, and one of the goals of that party was to get to know you a little better. There we go. That's what I was even for. I know. Anyway. Um, so, what have we done? We, you know, our jobs, you have a vague grasp of our beliefs, 
which we will, I'm sure any of these things we talk about now, we'll spend more time on at some point. Um, but how about, since we're talking about marriage and getting married, um, what, what's your, I don't know, not understanding of marriage, but what marriage did you have in your life? What relationships did you have that sort of gave you a, your first lessons on marriage, I guess? Ooh. I think my first lessons on marriage are actually what I do not want marriage to be like. Um, before John, I was previously engaged, uh, and my ex-fiance was very emotionally abusive and verbally abusive, and it took a long time for me to understand that that was what was going on and to understand, you know, really what that is. And... Looking back now, you know, it's just incredulous uh, when I think of all of the things that had happened or what had been said, and I thought that was normal. But the entire the entire time, I was just thinking, this is not what I want for the rest of my life. And so when I finally ended that relationship, all I could realize were the different components uh, that added to the toxicity of it, and how I just wanted nothing to do with them. And so with John life was so incredibly different because it was the healthiest relationship I had ever been in. Um, And so that was fantastic, but it was also scary at the same time. And so getting used to and understanding this is what a healthy relationship is. This is what is normal. All I knew from before is what I did not want our relationship to be. And so going through this process with him of understanding both who we are as individuals, but how we work together as a couple has been so enlightening, but it's also been so personally, what's a good word for it? Challenging, frightening, Frightening is a good word. Adventurous is also a good word. You know, this has been incredible and I'm so happy that I'm going through life with you, but it took a long time for me to think, this is what happy looks like, and I deserve it, and that's okay. Well, I feel like that was a little um, more serious than I, than I really intended. I think I was just asking, how about <laughs> your mom and dad growing up? So growing up. <laughs> there it is. Go. <laughs> All right, so growing up, um, I lived with my grandmother for the first eight years of my life. Uh, my mom was living in D.C. to advance her career, and the school districts there were just not that great where she was, and so she wanted us to have the best upbringing possible. Um, so we stayed with my grandmother. My mom would come visit all the time. We would go visit her, and then she finally moved back when I was about eight or so, and then met my stepfather soon afterwards, and we bought a house and all lived together. Uh, living with them was interesting because I feel like looking back now, they did not have the stereotypical relationship, I'll say. Um, my mother was very much the head of the household and she was the primary breadwinner. She's very strong-willed, very opinionated, very independent, very self-sufficient, and she never needed a man to complete her it felt like she was completely fine on her own and so that's the model that I grew up with and there's a lot of qualities that I embody myself I I like to feel like I'm in control and that you know I can hold my own and 
trying to see for myself what that looks like in a couple for two who are becoming one and knowing that I in a lot of ways will submit just because it's healthy for us in our relationship and you know wanting to grow together and live together that's going to be one of my challenges I think in some ways um I had a sort of a similar thing but um I'm the only child of a single mother. Um, I know my father, but he was, he and my mother were never married. Um, he lives in a different state. I see him occasionally. Um, we have a growing relationship. Um, but I did not grow up having a model of, uh, husband-wife sort of relationship or any sort of pairing. Um, and I guess that's the sense in which my my model is similar to yours um, in that I saw um, my mother be everything. Uh, and similarly uh, to you, my mother is um, incredibly self-sufficient, capable, independent, and capable of doing all things. Um, and that was sort of the model I have that you, you are a person, you handle everything. Um, but outside of my mom, my mom was very, uh, intentional in the things that she, um, let me see, exposed me to. And so, um, while I did not have any sort of in my own home, um, a model of a marriage, I did get to see that a lot in the, People we were around in the, whether in church or my mom did through work or just in other ways or the friends of parents or, or parents of friends. That's how that goes. Um, or just in it, in other ways. Um, I was able to look at that and, and get examples of that. And also, um, I've always tended to be fairly, um, interested in observing the ways that people work. And also pretty aware of where I don't tend to match other people. And so I grew up realizing that I did not have a dad in my home and thinking about that and thinking about um, what that meant and what that might mean for me and how I would have to um, overcome um, like not having a specific male role model um, and figuring out like, how to be a dad when I don't have a dad model or how to be a husband, have a husband model. And so um, there's been a lot of time and tension spent trying to figure those things out um, sort of retroactively. So that's sort of my background when it comes to that. Um, any other sort of like personal things we should get into? I think it's just really interesting where we're both coming from with that and that I have a mother who uh, I'm kind of afraid to follow in her footsteps in a way and bring that into our relationship. Spoiler alert, I'm afraid of you following in her footsteps. <laughs> that's that's <a> shared. <laughs> that will be, be an episode like, later on. Oh my goodness, y'all, it's going to be a whole episode specifically dedicated to boundaries because that's the name of the game right now. Mm. But thinking about how my mother and the play that that could come into our relationship as well as your father, um, I just think that's something, something 
Interesting. That's all. Yeah. It's both in different ways, like one from too strong of a presence and then one from not enough of a presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely still figure out. So when we are looking at, of course, our parents and then what our own relationship is, what would you, how would you define love? I think there's a big answer to what love is, but the easiest way for me to think about it or put it is that um, love is a choice and love is an action and love is a decision that you continuously make to put someone um, put someone in their needs and their feelings and their ideas um, above your own. That does not necessarily mean to the detriment or exclusion of yourself, but prioritizing someone's needs and well-being above you um i think that is what love is and being able to able to and willing to um sacrifice for that person um i think it is as i said a choice because while it is a thing you feel and it is a thing that you can feel more of based on your actions i think it is led by your will is the thing you decide and have to continue to decide and to work on and build um and invest in. I agree. I really think you hit it spot on and I don't really have anything to add. And so when it comes to marriage, I see it as two individuals who believe that same thing. Uh, They decide, I want to go through life together, not just because I feel butterflies and I'm so smitten and this man is so handsome because Spoiler alert, he is. There will never be any pictures of this. <laughs> Ooh, maybe one day. There will but never be any pictures But in the meantime, you can use your imagination. Never going to happen. <laughs> but he's not just the person I have those feelings for. I'll say that infatuation for. John's really my best friend. And, you know, in every sense of the word, if something happens... Whether it's good or bad, he's the first person that I want to talk to. When I leave my job every day, he's the person that I want to call. The minute I leave, it's It's just to check in and see how his day was and, you know, talk and catch up. And then I think about at night just how much I wish I were spending time with John. And that's not because of all of the butterflies, but it's because I'm with someone that I know deeply cares for me and they support me. And they're, you know, with every fiber of their being, they just continuously show up and they listen. And so I feel that when it comes to marriage, you have to be best friends first and foremost. You can have those feelings of, you know, excitement and those butterflies, but marriage is so much more than that. And sometimes, you know, John and I talk about what is love and we feel like there's a misconception there. That all it takes is that emotion when, as he's mentioned, it is a choice and it's how you nurture your relationship. And so I think it just takes those two people who have those same values, the same beliefs, um, the same aspirations and that desire to go through life together and that desire to commit to each other through thick and thin in order to make a marriage successful. I think um, I'd add to the love bit, um, and I think maybe this sort of summarizes some of the things we both said, um, that love is not a thing that you 
aim to get things out of, but a thing you aim to invest into. Um, I think that's worth saying, I guess. But you got into a little bit of marriage there, um, like from love to marriage. Um, and so since you touched on marriage a little bit, I'll say I think marriage is a commitment to love a person. Um, and there's just like with love, there's other aspects of it, but I think at its core, it's, it's a commitment in a statement saying that like, I will love this person and that is a choice I make and will continue to make even when I don't feel like loving this person. I will love them when I don't love them. Um, so like that's the thing that takes just love and relationship and makes it into another thing that we have a term for. Um, and that is marriage. Um, in my mind, I guess. Um, but you talked about marriage a little bit, but I don't know if you were like officially giving your marriage statement, but if you weren't, what is it? That's it. <laughs> that commitment, that commitment to be there. I mean, when you give your vows and you say for better, or for worse, I take that as a very real commitment that you're making to your partner. It's not for, when it's convenient versus when I want to go ahead and do my own thing, you know, it's through, it's through thick and thin. I'm here to support him. I'm here to care for him. I'm here to love him at his most unlovable. Never happening. And to tolerate him at his most obnoxiousness. Every day. <laughs> my most obnoxiousness. But at the end of the day, you know, I still want what's best for him and, I put him forward and I think of how I can invest in us and our growth together and what that looks like in our future and not just looking out for myself. And so I think that combining, not necessarily of bodies, because obviously that's a figure of speech, but what thinking... But anyway, go Oh, <laughs> I can't even wait for that to happen. What's our podcast for <laughs> G for... Generally pleasurable there you go we'll go with that mm. we, we are very pleasant people mm. <laughs> but to becoming one in every single sense of the word whether that is physical whether that's emotionally and just seeing how tuned in to me he is because y'all he knows every single thing just from my facial expression before i even verbally acknowledge it and just growing together and having that commitment and treating that as something that's serious and not just a temporary or for now kind of deal. Since we're talking about marriage in sort of a general, well, I think you got a little specific. But, I'm um, sorry. No, no, that's fine. It's good. Um, but since you were talking about um, marriage in general and, and a bit specifically, I figure we can... I guess let you know why we're getting married because I think that's that's the thing we I think we said a bit about like oh it's not just feelings or whatever but we should we should say why right if it's not just because I love her although that's the thing um, what is what is the the thing and I actually I got up a second ago it's podcast magic you didn't know what happened but I had to grab my phone because about it was like a couple months ago right that I. I'd written some stuff on my phone. Like last month. So that's like two months. That's that's practically a year that's ago. That's not how that works. Was, so about a year ago, <laughs> um, 
I'd written down some things, just like I was, I was reading some stuff and I was thinking some stuff, and so I wrote down, "Why do I want to marry her?" And these are these are the things. This is why I want to marry that this girl Nicole. Um, or at least this is what I wrote. There's more reasons. Give me some, cut me some slack here. It's just my note. Um, because I think I could live with her for the rest of my life. Uh, because she's someone I can sacrifice for and she sacrifices for me because I look out for her needs and she looks out for mine because of our similarities and values and intellect and feelings about people because our differences cover each other's blind spots because I feel like she's someone I can communicate well with because we look out for each other's feelings because I think we could raise children together and imbue them with great things from both of us because she feels like my partner in everything whether personal pursuits ministerial pursuits, career pursuits, anything anything like that, really. Um, and because I understand and am okay with how she works. Like, 98% of the way, anyway. So that's, that's why I want to marry her. I can't follow that up. <laughs> I mean, it's not I a competition. I've read before, but I still feel so teary just listening to it. It's really beautiful. I don't know. It's just, holy cow, this man cares a lot. <laughs> well, my list of I want to marry John. You don't have to have a list. That was just, I just had, I had one already from about a year ago. <laughs> oh, my voice is going to crack now. <laughs> Trying to state this, but whenever I talk about how amazing he is, how incredible he is, I. Oh, so sincerely mean that. I mean, John is that person when I met him very soon after calling off my previous wedding and ending that relationship. And he was so willing to just listen um, and be there every single step of the way as I was working through the after effects of emotional abuse and the toll that it took on my confidence and self-esteem and the times where... I was suffering from depression to the point that I couldn't even convince myself to get out of bed and come from underneath the blanket. John was there and he was nothing but supportive and loving and, you know, helping me to want to face the day through his encouragement. And so he's seen me at my absolute worst when I was essentially living out of my car because I was, I was on the sofa of an apartment that I had. After I had moved out versus now where I'm healthy and I'm thriving and I'm doing excellent in my job and in my career and I'm the happiest in my whole life that I've ever been. And that's really because of how much he's been my cheerleader over the last year and a half or so. I really can't imagine at this point what life looks like without him. I would see the future and I just think of how far I'm going to go and we're going to go um, because of how much he really just builds me up uh, knowing that I would not find myself at this place if I were, if I were alone. And I think of kids and all I could hope for in the entire world is to have sons who turn out exactly like him. And I think if you're able to say that about your partner, that says enough right there. Not anything that would change, not anything I would add. I I would be very blessed to have a family that mirrored the qualities that he has. 
I promise you this podcast is not just us gushing about each other. Well, I don't promise that. I take that back. But maybe it won't be most of it. I don't know. I did want to ask you a couple things, though, Nicole. Um, the beginning of that kind of sounded like one of those things where, like, a guy preys on a girl when she's emotionally oh, no. weak. Can you, like, can you fix that? Because I don't need to be judged by people on the internet. So here's the thing, internet friends. I was the one who prayed here. <laughs> I went to that Bible study, um, and then John had the Cinco de Mayo party, and I went, and I thought he was just the most handsome man and so charming. And so I came on to him quite strongly, um, and he was a gentleman because alcohol had been involved and decided that that was not the most appropriate time uh, to have any sort of discussion. But after that, you know, we exchanged numbers. He reached out and we connected. And it was just really great ever since. I think pretty early in, he and I both knew that, you know, this is it and this is what we wanted. And being able to connect in that way with someone or the smallest things like i went to his house there is a sausage and onion pizza that was on the counter we ate that tonight we did because listeners that is my absolute favorite kind of pizza i go i sat john's house but there's a bunch of others it was you know a big group of people they were having a game night and i said who wanted this pizza guess what friends it was John. And from that moment, I knew that it was meant to be. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, this is the spot where if we had sponsors, their ads would go. But if you we had s- advertisers, probably just something like this. <laughs> Guys, if you're ever looking for something to drink, how about you try Kraken? <laughs> it's a uh, 94 proof black spiced rum. If you're into... The octopus or the kraken, you'll be a fan. <laughs> Call us if you want to be our sponsor. We take money, American currency, also Jamaican currency. I know it's a little different exchange rate. We'll accept all currencies. If you want to help pay for our wedding, we will do whatever you would like I us to do. I do not agree to that. I also that do not actually claim. agree to that. It will be more so of a negotiation. But in any case, we're taking. We'll be right back with you in a moment. 